and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Uh, two of my kids were just, uh, were just in New York last weekend. Uh, they Jealous. were out there. Yeah, yeah. Got to do a little Empire State of Mind. Uh, went to the NBA headquarters. And uh, they came back very happy. Thought they had a great time. So uh, John Jastrzemski, host of New York, New York on The Ringer, the podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you for the, uh, for the hospitality. Can we start out that way? Guys, my pleasure. I'm glad you enjoyed the five boroughs. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, the weather's miserable here. I haven't touched the golf club in a few weeks. But aside from that, everything's all right. All right. Well, I'm going to play nine holes later. So, nah, 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 nah. But I feel like I, I, I want to say that because I, I, I also want to let you gloat if that's what you want to do. We out here in the Bay Area felt a drumbeat for about six weeks, maybe even longer. We're getting Aaron Judge. And and every New York person I talked to was like, you guys are adorable. You think you're getting Aaron Judge. And uh, you sunned us. Like, you 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 guys were all completely right. Like, we were adorable for thinking that we were going to get Aaron Judge. You know, that's the way I felt, full disclosure. But when the Heyman tweet, Arson Judge to Giants, came out, <laughs> uh, there was a stunned look at disbelief in my face saying, wow. He's actually leaving the Yankees. The Yankees are allowing their face of the franchise to go to his hometown, San Francisco Giants. But then when the Giants didn't close the deal that night, and it's still kind of open-ended going into the next morning, I kind of had a feeling the Yankees would up the ante. And listen, I I don't think it's necessarily an anti-Giants thing. He just has so much cooking in New York, guys. He's the face of the franchise. He's got the record now for home runs. He's going to end up in Monument Park when it's all said and done. And they took care of him. That's like that, that's really, really tough to walk away from. And I'll ask you guys this. Who is the guy that's been this like marquee, star player, face of the franchise type of dude that's left the Yankees? That, it, it just does not happen. So I, that's why I think the Yankee fan was confident. That's why most New Yorkers were confident. And, hey, your team pivots, Carlos Correa, and away you go. Well, and the other for, the former giant, the the Yankees did sign Carlos Rodon. I was kind of surprised he got the length and the size of the deal that he got. What were your thoughts on that? See, I loved it, and I understand the concerns about his durability, and he doesn't go deep into games. You guys saw last year in San Francisco that guy has filthy, nasty type of stuff. He misses bats. The Yankees had to try to improve upon the team that got smoked against the Houston Astros a year ago. That's kind of a creative way to do it. Yankees got a hit against the Astros, but now you look at their rotation. Cole, Rodon, Cortez, who I love. He's got all the funk. He's got all the flair. He's the real deal. Severino, and if that stiff Montez can give him anything. I mean, the Yankees got to stop dealing with the Oakland A's. Because anytime they get an Oakland pitcher, it's a total disaster. But if he can give him anything, I mean, you're talking about the best rotation in all baseball. So, hefty contract, but the Yankees acting like the Yankees again. Refreshing. Yeah, but John, like, and, and this is where I've worked myself. I know that there's so much tradition to what you're talking about. But out here, I think we knew all along Rodon was going to end up elsewhere. And if you told me... If you told me that the executive branch of my favorite baseball team wrote in Sharpie right now, we will never sign another starting pitcher for a five-plus-year deal ever again, I, I think I'd support it. I, like, I understand it. It makes sense. 
No, I totally understand that. And the history of these contracts now tells us that they normally don't work out. But I think the way baseball operates, and maybe this is the Steve Cohen effect, that he came to the Mets, he's spending money like a drunken sailor, and now you've seen all these teams kind of follow suit, whether it's your team giving Correa 13 years, or it's the Phillies, or it's the Padres, or the Yankees going nine years at 31 years old for Aaron Judge. It's kind of the way you got to do business, and I, I think for a lot of these owners, what's going to end up happening is, Year six, year seven, year eight, you're going to have to take the L on these deals. You're going to have to pivot. And, guys, i got to be honest, I don't feel the least bit sorry for these owners. They make a gazillion dollars. They can figure it out. You think I'm crying about how Steinbrenner having to eat a year or two on Carlos Rodon? <laughs> so be it. If he helps the Yankees go and win a World Series, which is something they have not done in 13 years, I'm not going to be that concerned. I- I'm really not. About Rodon, about Judge, uh, you think the Mets, are going to feel bad about giving Justin Verlander $42 million a year if he pitches them the World Series this year. That's the way you got to behave now in Major League Baseball. That's just the cost of doing business. No doubt. The other way the Bay Area and New York are kind of tied right now is the Warriors are in New York. They're going to play the Knicks tonight. They're, they got the Nets tomorrow. The Knicks got off to a little bit of a slow start. They've won seven in a row, including four of those on the road. What the hell got into the Knicks, man? Well, guys, if you would have told me at the start of this year, that the Knicks would be four-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Golden State Warriors, I would have given you like 100-1 to odds. So that's, that's number one, and I understand why. The great Curry, the future Hall of Famer, not going to play on Tuesday night. The Knicks, they are what they are. Like, they weren't as bad as they were earlier in the year where they were losing some games they shouldn't have won. They couldn't figure out how to end late-game execution. Um, their three best players are playing really good ball. Listen, Jalen Brunson's contract seemed excessive. He's a really good player. I mean, the basketball IQ is off the charts. The guy is the – you want the ball in his hands at the end of these games because you know he's going to make a smart basketball decision. And maybe, fellas, this is due to the fact that the Knicks haven't had a point guard in my life for like 25, 30-plus years, whether it's Derek Harper or before my time with Mark Jackson or whatnot. They have been craving a point guard. So to have that finally is so refreshing. Randall has been much better. He was a disaster last year. He's closer to what he was two years ago. And Barrett's kind of come on. Thibodeau's figured out the rotation. They've beaten some teams they should beat within the Eastern Conference. And look, I'll be real with you. They have no hope of winning a championship. They would be lucky to win it. If they won a first-round series, there's going to be a parade down the Canyon of Heroes. (laughs) So... You know, they'll probably make the playoffs. They compete. They play hard. They're going to win in the 40s. That's what they are as a team. So they'll be spunky. New York, New York, the podcast on the ringer. John Jastrzemski is our guest here on 95.7 The Game, Willard and Dibs with Kyle in for Dibs today. What about the opponent they're playing tomorrow night, John? Uh, Like, I really hesitate to buy into this win streak. The Nets are starting to actually look like a talented team instead of the real basketball players of New York, which is the show that they've been running for the last two years since KD and Kyrie arrived. Has it finally settled? Are we buying into this now, or or is is this just temporary? Well, for me, I still need to see more. But I have to admit, it got so toxic and so chaotic early in the year with Kyrie Irving and his ridiculous shenanigans and then the firing of Steve Nash, where I kind of wondered, are they just going to blow this bad boy up? 
Are they going to send Kyrie to L.A.? Are they going to let Kevin Durant go where he wants to go? And is he going to end up getting traded to Phoenix or wherever? And then kind of under the radar, they fire Nash. They bring in Jacques Vaughn. And they've kind of figured it out. Listen, Durant and Irving are, are insane talents. You guys know that. You saw Kevin Durant come to the Bay Area and, and win a couple of championships. He's playing Kevin Durant like basketball. Kyrie is the guy who's making the big shot at the end of these games. But I still need to see more. Because you know with this team, they could go off the rails within a week or two. They are talent-wise within that top four in the Eastern Conference. Are they better than Boston? No, I don't think they're as well-rounded. Are they better than Milwaukee? No, I don't think they're as deep. I don't think they're as good. But you could easily sell me on Brooklyn being the third best team in the Eastern Conference. So you keep Durant happy and healthy. You keep Kyrie on the floor and he's engaged and motivated. You can have a successful season. Now, how do you measure that success? That's, that's for you to determine. Like to me, the Nets, they didn't bring this team together to go and get to the second round of the playoffs. The idea was, hey, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to win a championship. And if you're asking me, do I think they get that done in their tenure? I'm still putting my money on now. It's a few weeks away still, but the Niners are currently in line to play the Giants, to host the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. Can the Giants make noise when they get there? Because when I look at the teams that the Niners could play, the Giants are like at the top of the list if I'm the 49ers of teams that I would want to play. Can the Giants make noise? Absolutely not. But, fellas, (laughs) the fact that the the Giants this year, with the talent that is on their roster, they have the worst pairing group of wide receivers in the NFL. And that includes the Houston Texans. Worst group of receivers in the NFL. They got all sorts of injuries in their secondary. They basically set this up to be a rebuilding year with the new GM and with Brian Dable in his first year. The fact that they're going to make the playoffs is absurd. There is, To me, there is no conversation and debate with Coach of the Year in the NFL. I don't want to hear about Sirianni. I don't want to hear about O'Connell. I'm a Dolphins fan, and I love the dude. I want to hear about Mike McDaniel. Brian Dable with that roster to get them in the playoffs, give him Coach of the Year tomorrow. That all being said, if I'm the Niners, and guys, by the way, I may be invested in the Niners to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. for the year, so there is a, a little bit of a vested interest here. I'm just throwing that out there. That said, I think the Niners would obliterate the Giants. I don't know how the Giants would block them. The Giants would have no answer for all the speed they can throw out there. I mean, let's be real. Who is the team in the first round that would scare you at all from a Niner perspective? The Commanders who they're playing this week? Please. You know what I actually think would be the toughest matchup for them? Detroit. Detroit. The Lions, yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah, we said it yesterday. There's no doubt, John. Detroit would be that team. But listen, house money for the Giants. They're going to make the playoffs. That was a great win for them on Sunday. As far as them making noise, no, not at all. (laughs) All right, John, I love everything you said except for one thing. I understand why you said it and why you feel that way based on talent, and the talent disparity between the two teams is great. But Coach of the Year goes to whoever is still a favorite when they're on their third quarterback. That's who gets Coach of the Year. Well, listen, your guy's great, man. I love him. You know, I get the comparison. You guys can tell uh, Shanahan this. I I look like him a little bit. I get that a lot when I wear, like, the, you know, tall, skinny guys. Yeah, yeah. Do you wear wear trucker hats, John? Do you do that? No, I'm not into the trucker hats. Okay. I don't don't do the trucker hats. All right. I'm I'm wearing one right now. So is Kyle, by the way. Whatever works, man. Oh, no, no. Yours is, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you do. I see it. I see the look. 
little bit, a little bit. But your team is loaded, you know. Like, uh, come on, come on. To me, when you got a team that stinks and you squeeze every last ounce out of them, that to me is what I'm looking for in the coach of the year. Hey, your team just go win a Super Bowl. Forget about individual accolades and awards. I mean, <laughs> go get to and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that's the, has been very impressive. That's the plan. Sure. But I still, you're not wrong about the roster. It's loaded, but but Mister Irrelevant is playing quarterback, and normally in the NFL, that's a deal breaker. You know what I mean? Um, what's going to be interesting with you guys? He wins a game or two in the playoffs. Garoppolo can come back maybe for that championship game. Uh, you talk about a tough decision for Shanahan. Easy okay. one. Easy decision. Easy decision. You, you don't you, stick with the kid? What do you do? You stick with the kid? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you imagine if this kid drives them all the way to the NFC title game no, and then they inject the someone else? Now, they, here's the, 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 the caveat to that, though. You're playing the Eagles. It's a 10 nothing game and Purdy throws two interceptions. Then maybe you think about Garoppolo for the second half of that game. But Oof. we are we are eons away from that. Yeah, yeah. we sure are. No we sure are. Hey, John, a lot of fun to talk to you, man. Thanks for doing it. Guys, anytime. Happy holidays to you guys, all right? All right, Thanks, you John. too. There it is. John Jastrzemski, New York, New York podcast on The Ringer. And uh, we went around the world with him. We went coast to coast, not just because he's in New York and we're here, but uh, we went Giants 49ers. We went Arson Judge and Carlos Rodon with a little bit of Knicks and Nets and Dubs in the middle. When I want to talk New York sports to somebody, that's what I want them to sound like. It's a great point. You're not allowed to go do media out there unless you're going to talk like this and call people a fool or whatever. Right? right? Worst wide receiver core. And that's what I need. When people ask me about the 49ers, I'm like, eh, you know, kind of, hey. He's like, the Giants stink. You're like, let me, hang on. Like, I need to uh, unscrew this cork. Right. And uh, we will uh, we'll pour a little Pinot Noir and we'll discuss right. Eric Armstead. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this. Who, by the way, did I'm not. Did not have the rookies pay $300,000 for dinner the other night. Um, Some of you don't even know what that's about. If you follow stories on social media, this got ridiculous. What was the story now? Drake Jackson sent out a picture Uh, of... They they went to the rookie dinner. Yeah, he did a video on his Instagram story showing the receipt from their rookie dinner. And he gets to the bottom of the receipt and it's like $355,000 or something like that. And there was this outrage from the part of the 49er social media community like you can't do that to the rookies that's messed up that's irresponsible da, 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 da. turns out it was a prank by the veterans that they got with the waitress to say like hey just run up this insane bill and get right. it to him. <laughs> it was actually it Armstead, was still expensive Armstead actually, yes but, but here's, not, here, not here's the house. actual details Armstead went to Twitter last night and wrote, y'all are silly if you thought a dinner can cost 300000 That's the other side to it. I'll read the rest in a second. Sounds but, like a challenge. Right. I mean, <laughs> Brewster's Millions, before your time, but it was literally the concept of the, of the movie, which was in order to get millions and millions of dollars, there was a certain amount that you had to spend like by midnight or, or by the next day. And it was not as easy as it sounds. Like... You could, what dinner is three hundred thousand? What the hell would you be ordering? I know they eat a lot, but where are you going, Michael Mina? Plus, you could go to I, French Laundry, and you're not racking up three hundred k. It's impossible. I went to for my honeymoon. I went to a very nice restaurant in DC, and it was so. I would have to go there like every day for a lot of years. 
to spend $300,000. $300,000. Thank you, Craig, by the way, who just whispered the concept for Brewster's Millions was $30 million in 30 days. And if he spent it, what did he get? What did he get, Craig? He got $300 million. If oh. you can spend $30 million in 30 go days. Go buy a house in San Francisco. Well, right, but there were stipulations. Yeah, no assets. You cannot acquire oh, assets. Oh, I see. And okay. you can't just hand it away either. Okay. Like, it, it was... There were rules, so and they were hard to follow. Come on, they got two hours out of it, so there were rules. They thought of all that stuff. It just go <laughs> buy four minutes long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, like, well, I'll I've, take that house. I bought a home in Moraga and scene. <laughs> all right, what do you think of my movie? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, roll really. credits. Anyway, so here's the rest of Armstead's tweet. Y'all silly. If you thought a dinner can cost three hundred thousand dollars, it was a prank. The waitress went overboard. The dinner was seventy five hundred. Me and two other vets. Gave a thousand toward it. The rookies split forty five hundred dollars. And how many rookies were there? Do you know, Kyle? How many rookies? I don't. Were there? Okay, seven. Okay, so maybe they, yeah, seven. So they each spent five hundred bucks, five six hundred bucks. Yeah. All right. Which is like a lot. Like, don't get it twisted. That's if you a lot. Me a, if you had me a six hundred dollar dinner that's bill, a big I'm like, dinner who's bill? Got that is a big dinner bill. But they they make big salaries, and this is part of the deal. This is part of the tradition. Uh, he writes, "We had a great time too. Um, I had uh, good vets as a young player when I went through this, and I would never do a rookie like that." Right from Eric Armstead. Yeah. Well, by the way, yeah, isn't Eric like always nominated for like Man of the Year stuff? Yeah, Walter like Payton Man of the Year. I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. Top down. Three hundred, but that's just actually the fact that there was so much outrage about it's that. So and had funny. I seen it, I definitely would have reacted. I wouldn't have been mad, but it would have been like, "Wow, that's crazy." That just goes to show, like, I don't have a concept of like rich people things because in my mind, I'm like three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's just what rich people dinner. Right, costs. right. Like and just, they had <laughs> bottle like, service. Wow, that's so crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, do, do do you not know? I there are a couple. Um, and I, they're sort of like friends of friends in some cases, but like there are people who are living a different life yeah. who I know. Yes. And so they can just write, just pow, like, right. yeah, they, they vacation different. There's, there's people that when we go to dinner together, I'm like, we'll split it. Or sometimes I'll pick up the tab. There's other people I know who, when we go to dinner, I'm like, you got it. <laughs> Like, you should never do that, though. Oh, no, Don't I'll do, do the reach. Yeah, but yeah. when they go, I got Act. it. I'll go, wow, thank you. That's so... I'm not going to push it. <laughs> I think it's always important. It's always important. Like there was actually, I got taken to, uh, and and thank you, Dennis and Tammy, if they're listening because they do. Uh, got taken to a really, really nice dinner a couple of weeks ago. But when he reached out about it, he was very, very, he was very pointed with his words. We would like to take you and Christy to X Y Z because when the restaurant came up, I'm like, oh dog. I got Christmas presents to buy. <laughs> I need you to tap the brakes. But he was like, we would like to take you there. So it was right. never, I didn't even have to do the fake reach for the wallet thing. I'm just like, this is what we're doing here. You're taking us and we'll get you on the next one and it will not be as expensive of a place. XYZ sounds like the name <laughs> of a really chic, nice restaurant That's too. Us. Let's open it up. Let's open I'm, it up. I'm going, we'll have the $5 signs on Google. Um, hey, this is really fun. Trader Joe's meals. I don't know if you saw this, but I want to ask you what, how you would answer it, and then I'll tell you how Steve Kerr answered it. I oh. think Alex Pavlovich is going to join us, I think, in about 10, 15 minutes. We'll try to get some answers on this Giants thing, the Carlos Correa press conference postponed. But Steve Kerr was asked, Steph, Clay, and Dre, what do you think their retirement will look like? What do you think he said? Or how would you answer that question? What do you think Draymond Green's retirement looks like? Draymond Green's going to be on 
television. TNT. I was going to say TNT. Maybe not in, I think the question was 20 years. So maybe not in 20 years, but Draymond Green will be on TV. Okay. And what do you think Steph's post-career looks like? Um, I think a lot of, he might dabble in some TV maybe, but I think he's just going to go be a dad. Okay. And what do you think Clay Thompson's retirement is going to look like? He disappears. <laughs> we'll never hear. You're, he'll come back for like a Jersey retirement, and then he's getting on his boat, and he's gone to the sunset. Your answers are really good. So here's what Steve Kerr said. Quote, Draymond will be coaching in the NBA. He's going to get away from playing, retired. He'll go into TV for a while and be wildly successful, and then he's going to get bored because he's going to miss the competition. So he's going to go coach. Did Steve Kerr just describe what Steve Kerr Himself. did? Himself. Okay. Yeah, okay, exactly. Very good. All right. Which might be why they clash heads sometimes right. because maybe there is some similarity there. Do you there. think Draymond Although, would have the patience to be I just Oh, sign me up for Draymond coaching. I want to see those foot slams into the ground. Okay. I want to see him just lead the league in text. Unload on the Stop. refs. Absolutely great. All right. Um one sentence from Steve Kerr on Steph Curry's retirement. Quote Steph will be on the senior tour playing golf. Yeah, that's it. So when I said he's going to go be a dad, that will include much golf. Yeah, okay. Many golfs. Clay Thompson. And he's going to hawk a lot of stuff. Quote, Clay will be sailing around the world and nobody will be able to find him. Oh, right. Nailed exactly it. what you said. Yeah. Yeah. He will come back when they retire number 11. Maybe. Yeah. I'm here for the retirement. I don't know, guys. I'm in Budapest. And I can't. <laughs> I want to thank you. Who does this? And then that's it. That's the speech. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm out. <laughs> it's pretty great. Wow. Holy cannoli. It's pretty great. Yeah. Like, have you ever heard? Does anyone know where Tim Duncan is? Have you ever? Right? It's fun sometimes to go through Isn't your list. is he an assistant with the Spurs? Wasn't he an assistant is, with the is Spurs? He? I feel like there was a cup of coffee there, but I don't think he's over there now. Like, right? It's Greg and it's, you know, right? Becky Hammond? No, I don't uh, like, Becky Hammond's at the well, Las now, Vegas. And now she's, yeah, now she, but I mean, it was for a little while. And now she's got her gig. And no, I don't. Is he there? I don't think he's there. Maybe I'm wrong. Has anyone heard from Tim Duncan? I love looking at the athletes who just poof, gone. Tim Lincecum is a famous one. Yeah, you it's never, a, uh, somebody, uh, Dave right. Johnson on the, no, you're, SF Bay drummer. Yeah, you're never going to hear from Tim. Like, it is pulling teeth. To get him to come back for anything. Never going to hear from him again. That's right. Gone. You know who I bet is living just like... You know who lives a great retirement life? Chad Ochocinco. Okay, Chad what, Ochocinco what's he doing? hangs out. He eats McDonald's. He races Tyreek Hill. He does some stuff for Madden, like Madden rankings okay. or something. He's just randomly on the sidelines at NFL games. But he's around. Plays a lot of FIFA. But he's Dude, around. Yes. But he's just, not on an island. No. You know who I bet... Like Shane Battier, I bet Shane Battier just bought an island somewhere. Yeah, see, wouldn't you? And and wouldn't you have thought, right? When you got that Duke background, I thought coach or broadcast for 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 Battier for sure. I've not heard word one from him. Nope, nope. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, it's all sponsored by Pfizer. It's Willard and Dibs. That's Kyle. Everybody, he's in for Dibs all week. We're going to take you right up to the damn holiday. Coming up next, it was a one line email that caught many, many, many. Off guard. It came from the Giants Media Services earlier today at 8.15 in the morning. Today's Giants press conference has been postponed. All of Carlos Correa's media availability after the fact canceled. So what's going on? Nobody really seems to know. 
So we're going to try to get some answers and talk it out with Alex Pavlovich. Uh, right around the corner, we'll keep taking your phone calls at 888-957-9570. Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. I said it right off the top of the show, Kyle. I'm not trying to be an alarmist, but I'm uncomfortable. You're disconcerted. I I don't like the tone. The tone is weird. It's not that I think something's wrong. It's that someone who I think I know moderately well is not acting like him or herself. And when that happens... You feel uncomfortable and you want to reach out. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You're not acting like yourself. The Giants aren't acting like themselves right now. One line email, press conference has been postponed. Well, what happened? Silence. It's a weird vibe. Alex Pavlovich, our Giants insider. This is a little out of character, right? Like, am I, am I wrong for thinking, what, what's going on here? It is unusual. Um, I think, you know, a lot of this is not unusual in terms of like the silence and, and things like that. I mean, they haven't even announced yet that Correa was the one technically who was going to be introduced today, you know? So I think that part is not unusual, but certainly it is unusual. This is the first time I can remember, uh, in my time covering the team that, you know, three hours before a press conference, they have to postpone it. So, um, we don't know a whole lot right now, but yeah, it's not ideal. What's weirder, the late cancellation or the late postponement, I should say, or the fact that this email came just so, like like Mark was saying, it's one line, there's no Giants letterhead on it. It feels very, very thrown together. I don't, I, I'm not weirded out by the second part. I mean, this is an organization that, you know, they, they like their uh, silence. I, I think they like things to be kept in-house. They prefer... You know, in, in their ideal world, they would, you know, they're trying to be like the Braves a little bit and that you get that press release and all of a sudden, you know, that's when they announce that they find somebody. Obviously, as reporters, we, we try our best to beat them to it um, and get information out there. But I, I think in an ideal world, they probably wouldn't have had this out there for the last week that, uh, that they had signed him. So that part doesn't weird me out. Um, I think, you know, just. Again, just going back to the fact that it was postponed, I mean, that they were planning to have a big press conference today at 11 a.m. And uh, so that the fact that three hours beforehand they had to push everything back um, is, is probably the more concerning part. Yeah, so Alex Pavlovich with us. Is, is there any rational reason for a Giants fan to think something, you know, something large in, in a negative sense has taken place? I mean, they're doing it on Twitter, so right. they're going to they're gonna do it anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, you just don't know something like this. So I think the weird thing, too, is like we've, it, it's, you know, your first thought is probably COVID, right? Like you, the last few years with the way everything's gone, like you go, oh, yeah, something being out of, out of, uh, um, out of the norm is, is not out of the norm anymore. So um, that I, I think is, is, you know, that's probably not the best case scenario, but I think that would be easier for a lot of people. It's, it's more understandable. Um, I think the concern probably most people have right now is that he took his physical yesterday. And uh, this is a guy who has at times missed time in his career. And um, so there's probably, you know, I think there's a good reason that people are, are concerned from that aspect of it because he has missed time in his career. Now I'll, I'll say he's played a lot the last three years. And, and even if you go back to the, 
the shortened season. He played 58 games. He's played 148 and 136 since then. I mean, I know there's been some injury concern with him, but nothing too major. Um, but again, when a guy takes the physical and when it's for $350 million, it's going to be the most intense physical you can ever take. Like, yeah, there's probably some people who were holding their breath yesterday as he did that. Um, so, Alex, you know, you speak of what people are already doing on Twitter. I wanted to ask you this as well. Let's go back to when the news broke that Carlos Correa was coming because everything I'm sure that you would would get on a daily basis was all about negativity. You missed out on Judge. They're cheapskates. And then poof, there's, then there's this deal. How did that change your social media interactions with Giants fans? Um, I read more of my mentions, I guess, because it wasn't as bad as it, as it was in November and early December. I, I think people are generally excited. And, um, you know, it's not Aaron Judge. It's not Bryce Harper. It's, it's not Shohei Otani. But it's a big deal. And he is somebody who would be the face of the franchise here. And, uh, you know, I think... It, it's going to be a different kind of experience, I think. It's not as like kind of visceral as just watching a guy hit 62 home runs. Or, uh, But it, he is somebody who I think, you know, any Giants fans who are not just over the moon about this last week, I, I think would buy in pretty quickly once the season started and just once they watch him play shortstop and watch the way he goes through a bat and, and all that. But, yeah, people, I, I think, are generally happy. And for me, the biggest thing is, you know, it would have been a, as much as um, – I like a lot of the other additions they make. It would have been a really, really disappointing offseason if there was no centerpiece for it. So the fact that now Hanniger is like the second bat and that, you know, the pitching is in addition to Carlos Correa, I think that made it a lot easier for people. Do you think that it's also why there wasn't such a like negative? It felt like through the whole offseason, every player that signed elsewhere, there was this big negative reaction from Giants fans. But then Carlos Rodon signs with the Yankees and there wasn't really. Uh, a peep. Do you think that that had to do with the length of that deal, or because they had signed Correa, it was like okay, they they did what they needed to do this off season? Oh, I, I saw some peeps. I saw. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think people understood that that look, this is the way they built their pitching staff, and that is. I'm a big fan of Carlos on the field, and uh, I, I think you know for the Yankees, that's a great move um, because for them, it's not you know they they kind of splash money a little bit more. But uh, I think when people look at the contract, a lot most people are just like, yeah, that's. Those things generally do not work out. I mean, you have Max Scherzer, you have maybe Zach Wheeler, um, a few other examples. But in general, when you're talking long-term deals for starting pitchers, they don't work out. And I, I do think the one thing that the front office has done and the coaching staff has done is that as much as maybe there is some disappointment and or some grumbling about um, you know platoons and the lack of stars and the lack of spending at times until this offseason – I think they've shown that they're as good as anybody at going and getting pitchers and, and figuring out the rotation. And they, you know, they have a good track record of that. And for me, they've earned that trust. And, and so that is, um, I know it's disappointing when a Gosman leaves town or a Rodon leaves town and, and the kind of thinking is always, well, you know, you helped him reach new heights. Now let him stay. But, um, they have a really good track record of moving on quickly. And, and, you know, ultimately these contracts aren't going to hurt too much. Alex, I know there's no major moves left. Are there any moves left? Is there an A.J. Pollock? Is there an Eric Hosmer? Um, what, what, what do you think is still on the table for the Giants? Yeah, for me, I mean, I generally think they're set at first base. If you kind of look at who they have, and assuming Craig gets figured out, and um, you do move Crawford, and like I, I think you're you're totally fine there at first base between Flores and, and uh, 
you know, J.D. Davis, David VR, well, Montway Jr. will, will probably play some first base as well. Um, but for me, I, I look at center field, and they've even said this going back to the winter meetings and, and going back to after they lost out on Judge. Mike Yastrzemski can play center field. It's a nice luxury for them. At worst case, they can move him over there and feel like he'll be fine in center field. They would really like if they can move him to right field. And I, I think in a perfect offseason, the rest of this offseason, they would go get somebody who can really go get it in center field and, and really improve that defense up the middle and move Yastrzemski back to right field where he's, you know, a gold glove caliber right fielder. You have Mitch Hanniger in left where he should be very good. Um, and then, you know, that that would kind of make everything else fit better. But, you know, you look at the free agent market, there's not a lot there. So that would have to be a trade. Alex, is Brandon Crawford just going to be the everyday third baseman now? I would be surprised if, if that's the case. I mean, we, you know, we know what they do with platoons. And, and for me, and I, you know, everything I've heard, they haven't really kind of finalized what this is going to look like, other than that Correa will be a shortstop. Um, I actually think if it was something he was up for and it was something that that uh, he wanted to do, if you could have him go back and forth between between second, third, and even short, because there's going to be 40, 50 starts there probably, you know, at least 30 or 40, no matter what Correa does. If you could have him play all three of those positions, and Having watched him for a decade, there's no reason to me why he couldn't pretty easily pick up all three of those, the other two positions. Like, it kind of makes everything work because you have a right-handed hitter at second base in Estrada. You have two right-handers right now at, at third base in Davis and VR. And if Crawford can go back and forth, like, that's kind of a perfect swing piece and he can, he can play almost every day somewhere. But I, I don't think they've gotten that far down the line yet. Mm. Alex, uh, you mentioned the uh, the free agency options in center field are not good. So when are you breaking the Brian Reynolds trade news? <laughs> that would be yeah, that'd be one way to, to make some news today if, if they don't do with Correa. Uh, yeah, I think there, there's interest there. You know, the price is extremely high, and it's it's something they could probably get done. And it does become interesting when you have somebody like like Correa because your top prospect is a shortstop. Um, you know, there's a little bit less value for you as an organization when that guy's a shortstop because you know you probably have to move him. But another organization can look at him and go, he could be our shortstop. Although I don't know in Pittsburgh if that would be the case given what they have. But um, yeah, I, I think there's interest there. Uh, I just think everything I've heard is the price currently is is very 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 high. Alex, uh, thanks for jumping in. I know it's a uh, what was supposed to be a newsy day, and now we're all just sitting here. So. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for filling in your 11 o'clock time slot with us instead. Yeah, we would be 13 minutes into a Carlos Correa press conference right now. Let's be honest, you'd actually still be waiting for him to show up. God, I hope not. I I know. <laughs> Alex, yeah. thanks, man. Happy thanks, holidays, Alex. buddy. Okay. Take it easy. All right, there he goes. Alex Pavlovich, our Giants insider. Uh, yeah, gosh. Like it's fine until it's not fine. And so. <laughs> Alex, and no, nobody knows anything. And so you can look at this one of two ways. and You can go, look, it's dumb to speculate, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But, are, but aren't both of our conclusions speculation? So when you say that, don't speculate. That makes it, well, don't speculate that something terrible has happened. Well, you're also speculating that, that something not terrible happened. It's all speculation. It be, the the we've been saying the word weird a lot. The strange thing to do would be to go, huh? Cancel the presser. Okay. Okay. 
no, that's 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 cool. And that they, happens all the time. And they haven't rescheduled it either. I sh- I keep saying uh, canceled. They postponed. They postponed it, which indicates it will be done at a later date. Right. And I know that you know our minds go to places, and there's no way to avoid that. So it could be anything from, my gosh, he failed the physical, and this is disastrous, to he's got the sniffles or sore throat, and we're waiting on a COVID test. Seems quite odd that you wouldn't be able to have a COVID test fast enough for a $350 million athlete. I do mine in 15 minutes at home. Right, and I don't even know if those work really well, (laughs) but whatever. Like You can do these things and hold your press conference without setting an entire fan base on fire the the, the way that they have. So... Something in between is is probably the case, but Susan Slusser says they're awaiting tests. <laughs> tests on what? Tests, tests on what? Tests on like what? Like a Wonderlick test. And I, you know, the fact that that question hasn't been answered, because if it were a COVID test or something along those lines, I, I I don't know. Like if I were the Giants, I'd say that. Well, but I just unless, say that unless, out loud. Unless Carlos is like, "Hey, don't tell anyone." Like that could also again. Now we get into speculation. When we're talking, why wouldn't the Giants just say that's what it is? Because he has rights, and he can tell them like, that's "Yeah, hey, true. don't, You're, don't. I don't want this out here. I have plans with people, and I'm planning to go see those people." You're 100 percent so right, and, don't, and and that's been something that a lot of us, uh, you know what I mean, like the. Over the last two years, mm-hmm. three years now, two and a half years, um, each individual, it's kind of evolved how you handle right. all of the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are plenty of uh, people out there, and I totally get it, who's, oh, this is a privacy issue, and and, and my gosh, if, if you've got a sore throat, you need to stay home in the back room until you know exactly what's mm-hmm. going on. And there are other people who have completely gone back to uh, normalcy. Uh, if you will, with the way that they're going to handle something like that, and I like I totally understand that. So you're right. In theory, a couple of years ago, if something like this would happen, it's a major privacy deal. Um, I don't know that it is that anymore. Um, you know, the Warriors have two players who are going to miss tonight because of illness, and it gets listed as non-COVID illness. Right. Uh, but we've seen plenty of people be like, "Yeah, that guy went on a COVID list." And sure. it's not, you know, but yeah, the Giants like to handle things privately. So I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying not, I'm my not. best to not let my mind wander, but because of two things. Either it's just the way the Giants handle stuff, or something significant has taken to, place. So here's, here's the thing. It's going to make your mind wander. It would have to be, in my mind, something catastrophic to make the deal fall through. Like, Carlos Correa, I think, barring suspension for PEDs or, some like, something strange, he's going to, I think, be the opening day shortstop for the Giants. Like, I don't think that there's something that could happen outside of, like I said, something crazy off the board, could have never seen this coming, but I don't... It feels like if it was something like that, it would be reported on by them. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the, the silence is deadly right now. It is, it is absolutely deadly and, and totally uncomfortable. So, uh, Willard and Dibs, Kyle in for Dibs. Uh, lots going on. Uh, talking through the uh, the 49ers situation. 
the whole lay of the land in the NFC. I know a lot of people got their eyebrows raised with the Jalen Hurts injury yesterday. Does that bring the one seed back into play? I don't think the Eagles are going to be missing him for the full three weeks. I also don't think that even if they had to go with Gardner Minshew for three weeks, they're automatically going to lose three games in a row. That's a really good football team. I think that they are big underdogs now this week. I kind of like them plus six right now. Uh, right? Well, I don't know. Dallas. Their defense is still good. Right, but Dallas just got punched in the face, and they're going to be right. They're going to be pretty intense are on this sure? one. Are we sure? It yeah. is a Mike McCarthy team. Are we sure that they just got punched in the face? No, yeah, are we totally sure? No, sure. no, 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 no. That that they did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Are we sure they're going to come back and like bounce back and be like, yeah? No, I'm no, not. Not sure. Not sure at all. Not sure at all. The only thing I'm sure of this weekend is that the 49ers are going to beat the Commanders. That's it. It's the only thing I'm sure of. That see, okay, that's what I think. That's and that's we'll it. talk about this later in the week. But you talk about a team that got punched in the face and is going to come back angry with. An interior defensive line that's really good against the Niners' interior offensive line that's been good, better than I expected, but up and down at times, that's where I get. It's good defense. It's good defense. And, and you know what question we haven't asked, and we'll ask Dr. Feely this tomorrow, like this Brock Purdy thing where we heard, like, oh, gosh, yeah, he, had, he didn't have zip on his mm-hmm. throws, and gosh, Shanahan didn't think he was going to be able to make it through the game. It's almost like we've just assumed, well, now that he's had a week and a half off, it'll be fine. Well, Shanahan, is, it, is it? Shanahan did say on Friday – he was like, he actually feels better today, Friday, Great. than he did during the week. So with the extra days off, the assumption is he's going to be I hope fine. so. I hope so. Um, so we can get to all of that. Also, Filmo Mike on the line here with uh, with Willard and Kyle. Hey, Filmo, what are you doing? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm barbecuing right now, admiring how good Master sounds. He sounds like a professional. He can need to put him on full time. Anyway, though, he uh, is a professional. He doesn't sound like a professional. He is a professional. <laughs> Film on Mike. Oh man, my bag. I'm sorry, my bag, man. <laughs> okay, give me Kyle. Okay, Mike, you're the best. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. I was gonna comment real quick on what y'all was talking about yesterday. Low management. I'm kind of getting sick of low management because we have to make the playoffs this year with a five, four, or three seed. I don't think we get the one or two. If we do, we do. But I'm kind of sick of low management. I understand you're trying to prolong the career. But, hey, nothing's guaranteed. I say thank God for another day for a reason. I may not be here in four years. I want to see what the Warriors are going to do this year. That's just my take. I'm sick of low management. Y'all keep having a great show. Filmo, thank Thanks, you, Mike. man. I, I, I think what, what Filmo is saying right here is how almost all of us feel. I'm sick of it. I hate it. And the worst thing about it, this is the worst kind of problem in life. There's no solution. There's literally, I I feel like. Not a viable one. There is not a viable solution. The only thing you'll hear people say, fewer games. Not happening. Stretch them out. Already did. Yeah. Force them to play. They'll make up injuries. And Okay, you're going to charge guys for having injuries? There's no no good answer. No, no. There is literally the only thing that's happening here is time. It's evolution. It is analytics. Yeah. They feel like they have figured out that they can be better in the playoffs. Uh, if, if they take time out, how are you going to tell the NBA? We already know who's going to be in the playoffs at the end of the year. It's the best players. Like, wow, look at that. You mean Giannis is going to be a part of the Final Four this year? Never saw that coming. So why, why would they play every game other than we want them to? So we- I understand it. It stinks. So I get I yes, but the Warriors aren't load managing tonight. 
Steph, no, no, Curry, no. Steph Curry's no. hurt. Steph's hurt. Clay's going to play. Dante DiVincenzo is sick. And Jermichael Green is... And Wiggins is hurt. And D- and sick. Green is sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Of course, not... unless that's what they're just telling us, and they're load managing. I doubt that. Load I don't think ma- it, would be, it would be wild to load manage Jermichael da- Green after a couple days off. Like, yeah, he's sick. <laughs> yeah, man. I, listen, I've done this for a lot of years. So we talk out a lot of different sports controversies. Right. And I've never gotten to one like this. Like, there are controversies that never ended up with an answer. The Colin Kaepernick one comes to mind. Like, I remember those conversations five years ago mm-hmm. when people were like, his career's over. And I'm like, no way. Like, yeah. somebody's going to step up and do this at some point. Right. They were right. Yeah. His freaking career's over, which is nuts. And it's awful. And so there was never, I don't even want to call it a solution. There was just never enough of an awakening. There was never enough courage right. by, by, by an owner, by a team, by a league. There never was enough. And, and that's crazy. And some people still haven't given up on it. I know he's not that old now, but my gosh, like, it's clear now that it's not going to happen. But this one's different. This is just like a nuts and bolts, X's and O's, like day in and day out sports thing. And there's no solution. Well, and when, because the Spurs started this, and Spurs and Greg Popovich started this. And when they started it, I, my memory of the conversation is probably 10, 11, 12 years ago. It was like, ah, classic pop, figuring out the edge. Yep. And then everyone started doing it. It was like, whoa, wait, this sucks. <laughs> I don't like yeah. this. Yeah, it was like Pop was like, I'm light years ahead. Yeah. A- and then he was. And we're like, oh, let's go backward. Right. One team, back one team doing it is smart. Every team doing it is a detriment. It's terrible for your product. Yes. Absolutely terrible for your product. Well, and I, and I, I think, and this is why they're trying to like integrate a, a, a mid-season tournament, because they're trying to make... The fact of the matter is, is teams load manage because the regular season does not matter. I know, it, I know they want it to matter, and it used to matter, but... I don't watch the NBA as intently in the regular season as I do during the playoffs. Why would you? Like, I'm not watching Bulls Pacers in the regular season, but hey, that's a playoff series. Yeah, I'm tuning in. You are a I'm massive, watching all however many games. You are a massive Warrior fan, and you work for the flagship station of the Golden State Warriors, and you had no idea that they were playing at 3 o'clock on Sunday. Had 4.30 tip in my brain. In the middle of an NFL playoff implication weekend because the regular season in the NFL matters every single week. Now, you can't mimic that. No other sport mimics that. 16-game NBA season? Some people think college basketball starts in March, for crying out loud, and baseball, don't even get me started, right, about the the urgency, the impact of of one particular game. So you're never going to mimic the NFL on that, but... I don't know. I mean, the solutions they're coming up with this midseason tournament. Everybody understands the obvious pitfalls there, right? Yes. The first yes. time someone who matters gets hurt in this ridiculous sideshow, pull the plug. We're going to go nuts. Yes. You're going to go nuts when Giannis not- breaks his leg in the midseason tournament. I so I have a I have a friend who played college basketball at Notre Dame, had a cup of coffee in the NBA, now plays in Japan, and they do a midseason tournament thing there. And I said, hey. Do people does it ma- like does it yeah, matter to like you guys? It. And he's like, no, no, nobody. Do, like it's just kind of there. We're we're already to idea twelve because there's no good solution. No, we, there's just no good solution because the 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 
discourse and the conversation revolves so much about around rings. How many titles have you won? What do you do in the playoffs? That's all that matters. What's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. The Jalen Hurts injury. How does that trickle down to the rest of the NFC? We'll get to that next. We'll take your calls at 888-957-9570. Madsen is in for dibs. It's Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game.